Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, episode number 28. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. everyone. I hope you've had a fabulous week. I'm Sharon Joy and today we're going to be talking about flying through the end of financial year. I'm going to give you some tips to help you manage your money this June and July and of course today is the 1st of June and it might scare the pants off you to realize that we are now on the home stretch to the end of the financial year. So it is time to get that shiz sorted. So let's dive straight in. I've got six tips for you today, things that you can do to really help you round out this financial year and launch really solidly into the new financial year starting of course on the 1st of July. Now, for my listeners who are not in Australia, you you would apply these at different times of the year according to when your financial year starts and finishes. Um, but certainly for those of us in Australia, this is the month that we do all the things. So um, it's time to really think about our finances and that's where you know our energy and focus should be, uh, particularly over the next few weeks, just as we close out the current financial year and start to move towards the next one. So the first tip I've got on that note, um, beautiful segue, is start organizing your accounts now. You know, don't wait until after the financial year ends to then start to organize all of your things. So if you haven't been keeping track, if you haven't been, you know, putting your receipts and capturing those or logging them into your accounting software, now's really the time to do that. Get your accounts in order now so that you're ready to lodge your tax return sooner rather than later. You know, the thing about having this organized is that it's potentially money waiting on the table. So, you know, it's there for the taking. You want to get these things organized. And, you know, a lot of us, particularly in Australia, remember if you're parents uh, and you, you know, you are entitled to things like family tax benefit by not actually having your tax return ready to be lodged within a you know a reasonable amount of time then there could potentially be money available to you beyond your tax return that you're prolonging your own access to so you know start you know maybe it's like take a sunday afternoon take a saturday morning take some time over the next 4 weeks just to really pull out all of your accounts, make sure that everything's in order. And here's a tip to really extend on that. Start the new financial year, begin with the, the end in mind. You know, if you are finding that your accounts are an absolute shit show, this is the time that you can really set some planning in place so that this time next year, things are going to be a cinch for you. So I did this a few years ago. 
I was terrible with my accounts, like all over the place. And all I did was just created a system. So I have a simple file and if I have physical receipts, um, so my company owns a car and because of that, I need to log things like, you know, fuel and so on. So, you know, I still do have physical receipts. I don't have everything coming through digitally. And all I do is just put them in a file and then every so often I just go back to that file and I just enter those accounts, the receipts into zero and attach them to, you know, the accounts that I've reconciled. It's very, very easy, but it's a great opportunity to start to look at what systems do you need to help you get that sorted out so that come the next financial year, it's going to be a cinch for you, but also so that come the next financial year, you are ready right away to lodge your current financial year tax return and get some money back in the bank. Now, of course, I know that for some of us, that's going to mean that we have to pay tax um, and it's an opportunity for you to know what that is rather than have that big dark cloud looming over your head wondering how much is it that I have to pay, right? Because that's a scary thought. Sometimes when we don't know what we've got to pay, if you're putting that off, that's actually taking up a whole lot of unnecessary brain power and probably lowering, you know, your whole energetic vibration. So just get that sorted and you're going to feel a whole lot better. My second tip is consider switching to a new accountant accounting platform if you if you're you know sort of really starting to up level and look i have to be honest my only option that i recommend with accounting software is zero. When I first started my business right back at the beginning of 2018, um, I talked to a lot of people that I trusted in the finance sector around which accounting software. And none of them told me, Sharon, go and use a spreadsheet. Now I'm not saying that a spreadsheet can't be used. You can, you absolutely can start with a spreadsheet. But if you are serious about your business and the growth of your business, then honestly, just begin with the end in mind and get yourself a zero subscription and just get it happening. You know, the sooner that you learn these systems, then you don't have to, you know, put one system into place and then knowing that you're going to outgrow it and then have to go and learn it again. This is something that's never going to change. It's not like a learning management platform. It's not like an email system. It is very, very rare that you hear people actually leaving zero to go and pick up, you know, MYOB or QuickBooks or go back to a spreadsheet. So I highly recommend, um, you know, consider switching to your new accounting platform so that you can start tracking your accounts as of the 1st of July. And it's going to make for a really nice, clean financial year um, and also reporting. You're going to have that really nice, clean um, start to end kind of situation. So uh, another thing around that, and this brings me to point three, also, is it time to find a new accountant? Because now is also some a great time to do some research. You know, the thing I want to say about accountants is, and sorry if there's any accountants listening or they don't like the sound of this, but this is my take on it. You know, the accountant that you choose for your business might not be the same one that you used, at, you know, to do personal tax returns from employment. You know, I have found that 
there are accountants who are much better at business than others. And I really recommend that if you have a vision to grow a wildly successful business, then finding a good business accountant is pivotal in your business. They have the ability to advise you because they have clients with businesses that are much, much bigger than yours. You know, there are accountants who tend to be personal tax accountants and they specialize in that and you know they might manage some small business stuff they know the ropes but it's definitely harder for them to advise and guide on a larger scale particularly when it comes to more complex things such as trust structures and you know unit holders agreements and a whole range of things that as your business grows that you might want to you know to look into and explore. So um, I will drop in there that if you do want a good business accountant and you are in Australia, please do get in touch with me. Um, Mine is fabulous and um, I'd only be too happy to recommend him to you. The next, um, the next one is, you know, consider your business structure. So the commencement of the financial year is a great time to consider a restructure if you're considering moving to a more complex type of business structure, such as a trust, um, or moving also from, you know, like a hobby business where maybe you earn under $18,000 a year to a sole trader. You know, if you can do this around the beginning of the financial year or at the end of the financial year, it's going to make it really clean for you. So consider timing around that. Now is a really good time to talk to your accountant about that if you're considering it. Um, Make sure you're getting some good advice. You might even want to talk to a financial planner, um, your lawyer, and, you know, just find out whether now is a good time for you to consider changing the structure of your business. It's a very personal choice and there's different philosophies and theories about when the right time to change structure, if at all, um, is, is necessary. And so, you know, it's definitely something to consider and something that I recommend considering around this time of year, if you can, because it makes it really clean. Another thing um, brings me to point five is, is it time for you to register for GST? Now, what I don't want to confuse you with here is GST is required when your business enterprise has a turnover that's gross income um, from all your business uh, activities minus the GST of $75,000 or more. Now, the the point I want to make about that is it's not actually um, financial year to financial year. So it's not like, oh no, I'm safe. You know, I'm nowhere near 75,000. That's actually not it. So when I registered for GST, it was because I was consistently making $7,000 months. So if that's you, then very quickly, you know, you only need to make a few $7,000 months. And if it seems as though that's going to keep growing, then you better jump on that and register for GST. And that is at any time. Okay. It's not financial year to financial year. It's date to date. So, you know, if you're noticing throughout any time during your, um, during your trading that you are consistently hitting those figures, then the moment that you realize it's really important that you do register for GST. And then the last tip I've got for you is to consider investing in professional development programs and business coaching before the end of the financial year 
so that you can offset it against your income in your upcoming tax return rather than having to wait for a whole other year. So I did this last year and I'm really, really glad that I did. So what I did in June last year is I paid the coach, Angela Henderson, that I was working with at the time for a whole year's worth of program um, so that I was able to claim it on last year's tax return. Now that had two benefits. One, I was able to, I mean, I'm GST registered, so I was able to get the GST back sooner. But also I was able to offset that against my income for the last financial year. So there was that benefit. The other benefit was, is that for that professional learning that was paid for, for the whole year. And that's a program that I'm still in. Um, and I'll, we'll finish up in this month, but I've had a whole year in that program because I paid for it in the last financial year. And so it wasn't like having that ongoing cost every month. Um, so I really recommend, you know, if you're looking at working with a coach um, or investing in some sort of professional development, if you've got the money there ready to go, then I definitely recommend paying in advance for the financial year or at least paying for something with your professional development before the end of the financial year. Now, I just want to be really clear. Um, that doesn't mean going into debt, okay? I'm Unless it is absolutely going to get you a return on investment, I am not a fan of, you know, suggesting that people go into, into debt for professional development. But here's the thing. We usually have to go into debt to complete a university degree, right? So, you know, sometimes it's going to be for the betterment of your business if you can see a very clear return on investment. But if it's something that's not going to get you a return on investment, then please don't go into debt. You know, I hear so many women who, you know, have paid thousands and gone into debt to work with, you know, coaches with, you know, energetic business coaching and things like that. And they're still paying those debts off, but they're not further ahead in their business at all. Um, and that's not those coaches fault at all. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, you have to know what's coming in um, and be really certain that you're making the right decisions before you invest in that. So there you have it, six tips. Now, I want to just say that, you know, the advice given in this podcast episode is very generalized um, and it also has my own personal opinion um, flavored in there. So, you know, I do recommend that if you are considering the things that I'm, I'm talking about here in this podcast episode, that you go and get your own individual advice, um, you know, from the people that you're working with, whether it be coaches, your, um, your accountant, your legal team, or a financial advisor who specializes in business to help you know what steps you need to take next in your business. I wish you all the best for the final month of the end of the financial year. If you are a startup and you would like to get some checklists on all of the things you need to do as you start your business or you're early in your business, then jump on over to SharonJoyCoaching.com forward slash startup and you can get a copy of my ultimate startup checklist, um, which will have in there some of those key financial things that I recommend that you get in order very early in your business. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com. 
episode is proudly brought to you by my Solid membership, Solid Business for Soul-Led Women. And keep an eye out for my June special so you can enroll before the end of the financial year.